How's it going, everyone? I'm going to read my favorite scripture for you, and then we're going to talk about what it means to me. I'm going to read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This scripture for me, it has been very, very helpful. Because my life, there's been moments that has been difficult, diverse moments in my life, big changes, huge changes that has affected me emotionally, spiritually, and many things you can name. And I read that scripture, and it allows me to point towards God because when it all boils down, he's the only one that can, that, he's the only one that can actually sustain you towards what you want to go. So from when, when I moved here and... I went, I went through things and the huge changes that I didn't want to go through and effects of in my family and things that has tore me down. And there's times I actually, I went months and I rejected reading. I rejected speaking to God because I was like, why is my life so different? Why is my life so difficult? And, and I, I went on and it was months later. It was actually six months. And then I read and I read and I read. And God, I, I went to that scripture, actually, and he told me to lean on him, not what I think and not what I believe, but to what he wants for me, to what he loves about me and what he declares about me. So that scripture has actually taken a big course in my life and been sustaining in my life. It has allowed me to go from here to here to here, and God is good. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for this time you give us. I thank you for the moments, your love, your grace upon us. The things you have given us, Jesus, we now take these things for granted. We are grateful for your grace. We are grateful for your mercy. We are grateful for your love you have put upon us because when it all boils down, we are nothing without you, God. We love you and we love what you have done for us. We love where you have brought us from and we love where you are taking us to, Jesus. I pray that we can, you will enable us to fix our eyes upon you, that the course of our lives will be deemed worthy by you, Jesus. Allow your precious grace, your precious love, and the presence of your spirit to be overwhelming in our lives and guide us in the areas that you want us to be fulfilled in you. In your holy name I pray, amen. Good evening, church. You can go ahead and have a seat if you'd like. I'm just going to take a few minutes and I'm going to tell you guys my story. I'm going to talk about the faithfulness of God. God is so faithful. Um, since I was really young, I wanted to be a doctor. Since I was about eight years old, and praise the Lord, in May, it will be official. It has taken a, been a long road. It will be official in May. Um, but ever since I wanted to be a physician, I also know that was part of my calling. But another part of my calling was to also lead worship. That's, always, that's both of those are part of my DNA. That's how God created me, and that's what he created me to do, is to help people heal and to also lead them into his presence. Um, so throughout all of my, like I said, all through high school, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. That's what I was going to do, and I also led worship as well on the side, and then I went to Lee. Uh, Lee is the uh, college that's associated with the Church of God. While I was in there, I was in a wonderful ministry called Campus Choir, and the first semester I was in that choir was I kind of challenged everything. When I was in there, I almost didn't know. 
I got to the point where I'd always known I was going to be a doctor. And then that one kind of flipped it upside down. I wasn't for sure what I was supposed to do when I got into that choir. And as I went through that entire semester, I prayed the entire semester, Lord, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do more than what I want? What do you want? And he didn't answer for a long time. It was about six months that I was in the choir that first semester. And every Wednesday night, we would have a prayer meeting. And during that prayer meeting, uh, there was several, the last one of the semester, I was praying about it once again. And the Lord just said it in my heart that he said, I've been telling you what I want you to do the whole time, all six months, because it just all connected. That's just how God is. When every time I would talk to somebody new that was in campus choir, one of the first things that they would always say to me is, aren't you going to be a doctor? And I would say, yes. And they said, that fits you perfectly. And that was how God confirmed to me through people that had no idea, person after person after person would say that exact same thing. And it was like God just connected the dots for me. And that's how he told me that I was supposed to do both, that I was supposed to be a physician, but also that I could lead worship at the same time, that I can do both ministries together because I consider me being a physician will be my ministry. That's how I will touch people through Jesus Christ is by what God and the knowledge that he's given me. And I'm going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in that way. My, uh, so that was decided. And then um, I applied to med school. Uh, many of you probably don't know this because I haven't told everyone, but the first time I actually applied to medical school, I did not get in. There was a time where I felt like that door had closed and it kind of devastated me. And the beauty of that was it actually caused me to not rely on myself. Uh, through most of my life, especially in my school, I know that Jesus was helping me. I know that God was helping me that whole time. But sometimes we can have a hard time distinguishing between knowledge and our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's given us. And there was something in that time, it was, uh, there was a song that was just called Be Still and Know That I Am God. And I took that to heart. And shortly after that, he opened up another door for me to get my master's in the Kirksville, Missouri. And that um, while I was there, he gave me a wonderful church family up in Kirksville that took me in and I got to spend four years of my time there. And it was shortly after the, I was about to graduate from getting my master's and so I applied to medical school the second time. And that second time, every school that I applied to, I got in. And that's how faithful God is. And uh, I ended up staying at the same school that I got my master's in. And God has just been so faithful to me. He's been faithful through all my life. He's given me a wonderful family. My mother, my father, my mom has been my biggest supporter since day one. And my father has taught me how to be a hard worker. He's taught me how to be diligent in everything that I do. And the rest of my family, they have just, my brother and my sister-in-law, they have just been there for me through all of this. And to my friends as well, God has put some wonderful, incredible people in my life. And all of you as well, because every single one of you always talk to me, and you're my, big, you're my biggest fans. You're always pushing me forward. And very soon, I'll be here permanently. So um, I just want to say, Jenny asked me a couple last week, actually, was what a scripture that I focus on and what I think on a lot. And I... Uh, I, she made me think about it, and it was just something I end up just saying all the time, but it's 
but it really is true, and it's something that was instilled in me while I was at Lee, and it's Psalms uh, 19.14, and it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And right now I'm just going to sing a song that just says, The longer that I've served him, the sweeter he grows.
some ladies that are going to join me on stage here as we are going to do some stories. Go ahead and have a seat. I think this is so neat, everybody getting to tell their story, because I think you'll find uh, with these ladies that you'll find a lot of things that are relatable, but the difference in their stories and maybe other people's stories are that God is woven in each one and how he helped them along their journey. So, uh, first, we're going to start with Tisha. Uh, this is Tisha Maxwell, and she has a story for us of redemption and how God is there and his love is always there for you no matter what is going on in your life. So go ahead. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, my mind has just been reeling of, of what I was actually going to say when I got up here. But my life um, is such a testimony of the faithfulness of God in the journey and the highs and the lows and the pits that we sometimes put our own selves in, that he's always there. And uh, a, a couple years ago, I found myself in, in such a pit and I can't get into all the details of how I ended up there, but I had in, I had been uh, on fire in love with Jesus at a very young age. And uh, like Joseph, I, I relate to his story so much. I thought, okay, God, you're giving me big dreams, and we are going to take on this world, and we are going to see souls saved. And, um, and I had such zeal for the Lord. And some opportunities opened up, which I felt the Lord on, and I took those opportunities. But in the midst of that, uh, I found myself in, in a desert place. And a scripture that would come to my mind during that season was, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. And um, I found my, myself in a place where it seemed like I couldn't do anything right. Um, every, every time I tried to step out, it's like I got, I got backlash. And I found myself going into a, a secluded place with the Lord. And eventually I was serving another person's vision, another person's ministry and pouring my time, my effort, my everything into this person because I know that as, you know, that we are to serve other people. But I found myself being depleted and depleted. And I got to the point where I said, Lord, if, if this is life, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I would rather just go ahead and go to heaven and be with you. I can't keep doing this. And 
And I was in this place where it's like, God, I feel like I, I've done everything I can to serve you. I've tried the best that I know how. And for some reason, it's just not working. And, and I was listening to the voice of the enemy. But what I did is I found myself in a pit. And the Lord gave me a vision of myself in this prison. But the door was open and he told me, he said, only you have the power to put yourself in that place. Nobody else can, the enemy can't, only you can. And he said, when are you gonna stop listening to the voice of my adversary and who he says you are? And when are you gonna start believing who I say that you are? And in that place where I felt like I had just completely blown it, he told me, he said, I'm so proud of you. You're my daughter, I love you. I have more faith in you than you have in yourself. And he just began to, to, in that place where it was like, Lord, I don't even know how to dream anymore. I think of the girl that I once was and the childlike faith that I had, and I wonder, can I ever be that person again? And he began to teach me how to dream again. And he began to breathe his dreams back even better. And so I am here to talk about how faithful God is, even in the midst of our pit, even in the midst of the circumstances that look totally opposite of what we thought they were going to be, that in that place that God can meet us, in that place of pain, in that, that place of brokenness. And what I learned from that, that I didn't know before that, was that he, his love in the blood of Jesus is enough for me, that I don't have to earn anything in him, that absolutely everything that, that is available to me is available right now as I am. I don't have to be any better. I don't have to get any better. I don't have to do anything more. The blood of Jesus has bought me and the inheritance that I have comes when I begin to believe his voice over the voice of the enemy. And so that absolutely changed my life. That voice that kept telling me I wasn't good enough, I could never do it, it wasn't good, I wouldn't be successful or I just wasn't quite smart enough, I kicked that voice out and I said, the blood of Jesus is enough. I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. And then he taught me, and I know I'm almost to the end of my time, but how much what I say with my mouth frames my world. You and I were created in the image of our father who spoke this world into existence by his words. And you and I, every day, we speak into existence by our words. And so if we agree with the devil, and I used to agree with the devil about myself all the time, that that's what we're going to get. That's what's framing our world. But when we realize, hold up a second, what voice am I listening to? I'm not going to listen to him anymore. When he tries to tell me negative things that don't line up with the good, good promises God's made, whether it's about me or my neighbor or my city or my country, I'm not going to believe him. I'm going to believe what the Father says. I'm going to die believing what God says no matter what. I will not agree with the adversary because whoever we come in agreement with is who we give power to in our lives. And, and since I begin to come in agreement with God, and I mean every day, God, 
that you said, wherever I go, it's blessed. Wherever I go, you've given it to me. When I go into an atmosphere, that I change that atmosphere, that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost comes, I begin to tap into a power that is outside of my own strength. But because before my broken place, I tried to do everything in my own strength, meet all these needs, and I couldn't do it. But now I understand that we have the answer always with us because Holy Spirit is always with us. And Holy Spirit always has the answer. And so now my life is so much more full of joy and peace. And I know that I'm not the answer, but I know how to give people the answer. I know how to connect them with the one who is the answer. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing, yes. I loved your story so much because, you know, like you said, you were working in a ministry and with people, and yet sometimes even, you know, a lot of people can relate who are working in ministry here or elsewhere, how you can still lose a, how, lose a disconnect, have a disconnect between you and the Lord, and are you sure this is, you know, what God has truly called you to do? And it was just a refocus of, you know, you're the one that has put you there, you know, and God, you can take me out and we can walk out together. So thank you for sharing. It's an awesome story. All right. Next, we have uh, Misty, and she is going to tell a story I'm sure a lot of you might know bits and pieces of, but we're excited to know uh, what God has put on her heart of just how God stayed with her before, during, and after a storm in her life. So. Um, I just want to say that God is really faithful and that he has been really faithful in my life. And um, Sierra is correct that whether um, I'm in my moments of where my storm is peaceful and I'm just kind of coasting along and, you know, everything is happy or where the waves are really choppy, he's there. Um, in 2018, um, in December 2018, I was uh, diagnosed with um, uh, throat cancer. Um, I had cancer on my tonsils. And um, God was really faithful even in that moment when they gave us that diagnosis. I, I've just had peace. Um, I, I guess, and I brought my thing because my memory is terrible. I, I wish I had kept, I was given at, um, advice during that I should journal while I do it. But I'm not a journaler. I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, but my memory is completely it's messed up at this point. So um, I, I focused a lot on Psalms 23 or 32.7 um, where it talks about that you're my hiding place. You'll protect me from trouble um, and that you're singing songs of deliverance over me. And so when I was in the middle of treatment and um, just feeling really down or um, I, I just knew like it was a vision like you, you my people, um, I kept calling them my village. My village was my family and my close friends, but then it became also people in the church that I would never know who they were. Like, I, I, our church is so large, I would be texting Aunt Melody or Lynn, and I would be like, somebody, this person dropped this off, or this person sent me this text. I don't know who they are. Who are they? And then they would try to explain. And you you guys were his, his voice to me. Um, and so you guys were that song of deliverance on really bad days. Um, and then the other one is that I kept in my mind was Psalms 139.5, which says, you go before me um, and you are behind me and you place your hand of blessing on my head. Um, this is, these are verses that, I, that were constantly there. And so, like, I just, even before the diagnosis, there were things that happened um, that 
like there was a preacher, and I can't remember who it was. It, was, it wasn't a pastor. It was some, some evangelist that had come through, and he talked about the power of worship and that if you really wanted God's presence in your family and you really wanted your family to connect with that, that you, you should, one of the places that you change it is in your worship and what you're listening to and what you're putting into your, into your soul and your heart. And so I'm we didn't, on the way to school, we would try to listen to upbeat music. Um, it wasn't always Christian music, um, but during that time, I remember even like during from when I was just kind of sick, even before I got the diagnosis, um, I would, we would listen to like, uh, what was that movie? Um, the Greatest Showman. Yeah, see, I tell you, my, I just told them earlier. We'd listen to a lot of those tunes. The kids really liked them. They were catchy. They got us the energy going in the morning. Um, and so after that, I was just, whatever, when that preacher spoke that word, I thought, oh, I want more. We, we cannot live in this world. We, to live in this world, we need your presence always. Um, and so we switched. We made the switch. We only listened to worship music in the mornings. And um, in the afternoon, we may listen to some Christian music that has more beat. But in the mornings, the kids were like, no way. We're listening to worship music. We need to settle. And it was something that really... Um, um, we, I, during my treatment, I uh, dealt with a lot of anxiety. It was really crazy. Um, it was awful. Um, but one of the things were, you know, you guys is sending. I would get random texts, um, things like that. But my husband, Brooks, um, he, we would just put on the worship music. And, like, I would still, we, he may still have to pull over on the side of the road, and I may get sick, or we may have to go to Walmart to get me new clothes because I had messed up or something. Um, but it still was, it, it calmed us. And there would be some days where he would sing loud and proud, and that's what I needed. Um, and I needed those songs of deliverance sang physically over me. And then other days he would just kind of, he just let me sit there in the peace of it and let me listen to the words that I felt in my heart that God was saying to me, like, I'm here, that I go before you, that I go behind you. I have your family in my hand. I love those babies of yours so much more than what you can. So why would you be afraid? Um, and so during all this time, God was just always so faithful. Um, and this, you know, I finished my treatment and I think this summer I, uh, I, was one year cancer free. Um, I had an appointment uh, a couple weeks ago where they did another scope in my throat, and he was like, "Oh, you know, the tissue looks so normal, and like, yeah, we see a little bit of signs from radiation, of course, but your tissue looks healthy and normal." And I'm like, "You know, this is because God is faithful. God is He's with me." And so, when you're in life, you you know, things there are times where you're just sailing along, and you're like, "Yeah, this is good. He's faithful in those." moments, but when you're in those moments where it's more rocky and you, you feel like you're going to be thrown into the water or you're going to drown or you're going down, he's faithful in those moments. He's faithful in all of them because he loves us and he has us in his hand and he knows us. He, our story, he's planned this story out. He knows what he wants to accomplish and we're just here to fulfill that. Um, and so I just want to thank you all for being faithful because you guys are a part of my story and forever because you listen to the voice of God. So what I want to say is thank you. I love you all. Um, if you feel like, you know, sometimes you have those moments where you're like, oh, I should text that person or I should send them a card. Do it. Do it. Because when they get it, it could be, it, it's the voice of God at that moment that they need. Be faithful to him because he will always be faithful to you.
Thank you, Misty. I think that is such um, something we forget. It's so basic. I had, um, there was people at our house, I was actually, I think it was Hannah and Josh Reasons, and she said that she started playing worship music in our house and how it just changed the atmosphere. I thought, well, that's just such a basic thought, <laughs> but it's true. And on the way to school, we do that. And then usually that's when my son's had a good day at school. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that does change. So if anybody hasn't thought about that, Turn off the TV at night. I mean, we don't turn on the TV when we get home. We, we turn on person worship music in our house, you know, and let it fill your house instead of the news and all the chaos. And it will change, it will change your life for sure. So prepare you for what you might not know what's coming. So anyway. All right. And our last story we're going to have is from Miss Candice. And she is going to share a story of God's love and his word and how that word can heal us. Um, I had started suffering from depression when I was a teenager, um, and I kind of learned to function with it, but I never really dealt with the issues that caused it. Um, I got saved at 20, and so I knew of the Lord, but I didn't really dig in and get to know Him. And so I always had like this little black cloud kind of following me behind. Um, it was just something that was always there, and then Joel and I got married. And things were great until they weren't. Um, he lost his job, so we lost half of our income, but we kept all of our bills. So things got really, really bad, really, really quick. Um, and that cloud just kind of overtook me. Um, so I remember just my mind was so chaotic, and it was I just was depressed all the time, and I started having um, suicidal thoughts, and so... It got to a place where I just couldn't focus because there was so much chaos. And I heard the voice of the Lord one day as we were driving down the road. I'll never forget it because it was just like, like it cut through everything. And he said, you've got to get this under control or it's going to take your life. Um, so I started going to counseling, which was probably one of the best things I've ever done um, because the Lord used that to heal me. In our society, we're conditioned to accept our condition, but we don't have to because the Lord is our healer, and he can heal us of things um, that you don't see, like depression and anxiety. Um, and so through that, I, um, he kind of retrained my brain, I guess. I had to um, work through trauma. I had to learn to pray again. I had to learn to read my word and really dig into my word. Um, and as I dug into my word... I started in the Psalms, which is my favorite book, because it, it kind of captures every bit of the highs and lows of being human. And um, sometimes it's kind of comical, especially if you read through it, uh, you know, the really down ones when you're not having a really down day. But um, so through the Word, I was able to, to get glimpses of his character and his heart and how much he loves us and the passion that he has for us. And every time I would lay something down, every time I would discipline myself to read my word when I wanted to just stay in bed for 15 more minutes or something like that, he would take these broken pieces and he would make them whole. And, and sometimes it wasn't like this big aha moment. Sometimes it was like, well, that's not an issue anymore. Um, and so through the word, 
I just fell in love with the Lord. And the more I studied the, the word, the more I loved the Lord. And the more I laid down, the more things didn't bother me. And I learned to trust him. And, and you know, we, I mean, we had hard times. There were times when our electric was shut off, but it, it was okay. Because we knew the Lord was going to take care of us. Where before, something like that would have made me just totally fall apart. Um, and so, it's, it's interesting because... As your passion for the word develops, it's not even a, a smidge of the passion that he has for us. And so it's just, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And the more you, the more you read, the more, the more you get to know him. Um, and the more things like um, some of the Psalms, they come to life. They're not just words on a page anymore. You understand the passion that David was speaking with or whichever psalmist because you're living that life of passion and it helps you be be the person that you know the people around you need you to, to be thank you thank you so much for sharing that yes. uh, I, we talked about earlier how depression is one of those things that it such a has a negative connotation with it. people don't like to talk about it it's not an open wound you can see um, it's a mental and a spiritual and especially right now I know a lot of people are dealing with it because of the isolation that has went on in our world and so that is something to think about if you know if you are or if somebody else is to um, open your word uh, do any of these things these ladies talked about you know turn on your praise and worship music open your word fall in love it's more than like you said just reading the word it's getting into the word and falling in love with the word um, you know not just doing your 365 day planner but fall in love with and if it if he tells you to go back and read something again go read it again you know there's a reason so thank you ladies so much for sharing we appreciate y'all give him another round of applause thank you <laughs> Ah, oh, you can beat that. Give them another hand clap. My goodness. Hallelujah. And these testimonies wonderful. The underlining thing that I can already see is every single person that ever gets in the Word and ever begins to pursue God, they find out His faithfulness. And when we were singing them songs with Skylar and the, and the praise team and it was talking about the faithfulness of God, I just said, yeah, you're faithful even when we're unfaithful. You're an almighty God. And my secretary brought me the microphone while ago and told me who to pass it to and all of that. And she handed me a box of tissues. And I thought to myself, she knows I'm a crier and this thing's, I, you know, you just get wrapped up in it. And I thought to myself how faithful she is, only to find out that you don't want to wipe your eyes with Clorox uh, <laughs> is not a real smart thing to do. Uh, she gave me that to uh, sanitize the microphone as I passed it. And um, I appreciate that, Terry. <clears throat> My eyes is red, and it's not because I've been crying. <laughs> Mercy's sakes. Folks, this is wonderful. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. I'm here just to remind you of your tithe and offering. Thank you during the pandemic, during the uh, COVID and all of the different things. It's having people to have to stay at home. People are so faithful and we're, we're thankful. Uh, the budgets continually keep uh, operating the church and we're thankful for your faithfulness. And when you go out tonight on each uh, exit, there's a little box there. You can drop your tithe, your offering, your missions, 
earmark it wherever you needed to go because there's a lot of people that's pledged different things. We're still in the remodeling stage. We've been painting outside. It's very expensive. And we thank you for your support. May the Lord bless you for your faithfulness to him because he'll always be faithful to you. God bless.
Hello, my name is Linda Huber. I've been with the Palace of Praise for too many years to count. I'll just put it that way because I don't remember how many years. Um, I was asked by Terry Fawn to give you a testimony. So I'm just gonna start and we'll see where God takes it today. Mike and I were married in May of 1976. And soon after that, we decided we wanted to start a family. However, it wasn't that easy, as I'm sure many of you have encountered similar problems. So we consulted a doctor. I'll never forget the words that the doctor told us. He came in and he said, well, your chances of conceiving a child are somewhere between slim to none, closer to none. So if you want to have a family, you're going to have to find an alternative way to do that. So Mike and I decided that we would adopt. We adopted two precious children. Uh, the oldest one is our son, Thomas. And then shortly a year later, we adopted our daughter, Christine. And we were happy with our little family of four. And so we were just loving it. God had blessed us with our two children. And 10 years after we were married, God decided that he would prove that doctors do not always know what they're talking about. And in December of 1986, our third child, Adam, was born. He is our biological son. And so shortly after we were saved, right after Adam was born, God showed me uh, Romans 8. It says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And as a new Christian, I looked at that and I thought, God, I don't really understand what the spirit of adoption is, spiritually speaking. And this small voice told me, he said, if you don't understand it, then how can anyone else? And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, you adopted two children and you have a biological son. Do you love your biological son more than you do your adopted children? And I said, well, of course not. They're all my children. I love them all. I love them all equally. They have different personalities. They have different traits and characteristics, but I love them all. And God said, that's it. That's the spirit of adoption. That's how I love all of my children. Jesus is my only begotten son, but the rest of my children are adopted. And I love all of my children as much as I love Jesus. And so that's one thing that I wanna get, get across to everyone. If you're having trouble having children and the doctors tell you you can't have them, the doctors don't know everything. If you'll open your heart and let God lead you, there's all kinds of things out there that you can do. You can adopt children. You can serve in a ministry with children, but you have to open your heart and let God lead you. 
as mothers and fathers, we have many sacrifices that we make for our children. And some of our children, unfortunately, we have to sacrifice also. Some of our children are called to be missionaries to faraway places, and some of the missionaries give their lives preaching the gospel. Some of our children choose to serve in the military. Unfortunately, some of those come home in flag-draped caskets because they gave their lives so we could have the freedom in this country that God gave us. God gave us this country. Some of our children choose to be law enforcement, which my son Adam has chosen to do. And especially now, hurt me, those law enforcement officers are giving their lives. So we're still having to sacrifice, just as Jesus did. There are many, many things that we have to sacrifice. Pastors have to sacrifice their time, their time with their families. Teachers sacrifice time with their families. We are all called to do something. God called me to adopt two children. He has called me to take in my grandchildren and to help raise them. What has God called you to do? So today I ask, give your life to Christ if you haven't. God loves you as much as he loves his only begotten son, Jesus. I bowed on my knees and I said, Lord, forgive me and love me, and he did. The best decision I ever made in my life. And all I want is for you to make that decision too. God bless you. Hey, my name is Andrew Persons. Most of you know me. I was born and raised in this church from a young pup. I was in the youth group one day, and a guy was giving his testimony much like this, and uh, he had been through the ringer, been addicted to this and that, and been here and there. And I asked myself, uh, why would anybody ever listen to me, somebody who's been born and raised in church and that knows right from wrong and hasn't had any struggles or trials in their life? And since the day that I asked that question, I fell heavily into the grasp of alcohol and drugs and sexual immorality. And uh, it gripped my life for eight years, all the way up until July of this year, when I came in here one Sunday and gave it all to God. And I stood up and walked out of here and I didn't want to drink anymore. The last time that I spent seven days sober was in October of 2013. Before I turned 21, I got three DWIs. I almost killed two of my best friends. And after I turned 21, I tacked on another one. Flirting with these things 
And in opening these doors is such a dangerous thing for you to do. You don't understand. He wanted me to tell you guys a bit of my story, obviously, but I have two points that I want to leave with uh, a couple different groups here tonight. One, the first one is for the youth. Today marks 120 days since I took my last drink of alcohol. But I've suffered for the past eight years because I opened that door. Your innocence and your virginity is sacred, and you have to hold on to it, or it will be, it'll be taken away from you more quicker than you believe. Job was a tried and tested man, and there's a scripture in Job that stuck out to me, if I can find it. It says, I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. Since I decided to give my life back to God, my conscience has been clear. The second thing is for everybody. Anybody that's going through something or struggling day to day. Every day that you wake up and you're better than the day before, that is progress. That is a good thing. If you drink a bottle every day and you wake up one day and drink half one, you did better than you did the day before, and you can build on that. Isaiah 41 says, 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And there is so much truth to that. If anybody needs to talk to somebody about an addiction of any kind, Please find me after this or contact me on Facebook or get my phone number from somebody. Don't come in this place every day and every Sunday and think that you cannot be helped or that you have done something that cannot be forgiven because it's a lie from Satan. Thank you. don't know me my name is Gwen McGarrity and I can tell you I haven't experienced a lot of things like brother Andrew has thank God for that I had godly parents raised in a godly home but looking back over my life when sister Melody asked me to do this and you know a lot of times when God spares us from things, we don't really realize that he did that, you know? But I can think back when I was 10 years old and 
three of my brothers, they were getting ready to go to the store. One of my brothers had come in, they, uh, he and one of my sisters and brother-in-law, they traveled with a big time evangelist at this time. They were home for just a few days between revivals. My brothers was gonna use the brother-in-law's car to go to the store and she had some things in the car she asked me to go get. And I walked out to the car and the brother sitting by the passenger's door, he had it open to get, let me get these things. My brother that was driving did not see me. He started backing up and there was a tree that sat right by the edge of our drive. I was pinned between the door and the tree. And I lost consciousness. It twisted my neck, almost broke my neck. When I came to myself, I was in my mom's house, laying on the bed, and all of my family gathered around praying. They went ahead and took me to the doctor, had me tested, make sure I was okay. Well, the doctor asked my sister, my brother-in-law's sister, taken me, and they asked my sister where my father was. At that time, my dad was working in St. Louis. My younger brother and my mother and myself, we lived here. And uh, the doctor told my sister, said, call him and tell him to come home because we're not sure she's gonna make it. And at this point, they didn't really know the extent of the damages. Well, about five o'clock the next morning, my dad walks into my hospital room at the old Poplar Bluff Hospital. Some of you may remember it, some of you won't. But he walked up to my bed and he said, Sis, this is your daddy. And we're going to pray and God's going to listen to us. Well, he laid hands on me and he started praying. Later on that morning, the doctor comes. They have the guys to take me down to x-ray. They x-rayed me. They came back. And this doctor told my dad, said, well, all we can see, she's got a broken collarbone. But we also can see where that, that collarbone has gone back together. And I looked at that and I thank God. Why did you spare my life? I would have been just as happy to went on to heaven. But I found out down through the years that he had a plan for me. Well, I'd done real good through my life till 1985. So the devil tries to bring something else on me. And I had found a lump in my breast. And you know how the devil starts talking when something like this happens. But every night I would go to bed with the Bible laying on me. And when the doctors done all their tests and everything, finally got me down to surgery. 
they come back and they tell my husband and one of my brothers, they said, well, when I went in there, I was just almost sure it was going to be cancer. But he said, it's not. It's benign. Another time, God spared me. Then, here about six years ago, the devil decided to take another shot at me. And I guess he figured the only way that he could shut me up was take my voice. So for about a year, at this time I was singing in a group. And one day, one Sunday, we was doing a homecoming over at Sykeston. We get up to sing, and I couldn't hardly even make it through the first song. I lost my voice. And I thought, God, this is just not going to work. Well, that day, I finally stumbled through that one. And this went on for about a year. And one day, I got so sick and tired of this mess. So we had another singing. A year later at Sykeston doing a homecoming. And that morning, I was getting ready to come here to church. We was gonna have to leave immediately after church, get over there for the singing. But that morning I started getting ready for church. And I said, devil, I am so tired of you. And if you think you're gonna stop me by taking my voice, I'll whisper if I have to. I'm going to sing. And I just left it at that. I went on to the singing. I got up to sing. And I noticed I got through the first song. We did the second song and my voice just started getting stronger. Before I left there, I had my voice back stronger than it was before the devil tried to take it. And you know, I can just look over my life and see how many times and so many things that God has done for me and not only for me, but in my family. And I thank God tonight for that. And you know, there is nothing any sweeter than trusting in Jesus. And I've asked Brother and Sister Bibi to help me in this song, an old song, and if you know it, sing it with us. We're gonna do a verse and a couple courses on it. But tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word and to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust. 
I just want to say I love hearing these stories everyone's talking about. I've always said, you know, I just wish we could do a story night just because I love hearing the goodness of God in everyone's life and everything he does for everyone. So um, I'm a pacer. You'll just have to keep up with me. <laughs> so when I was asked uh, to tell a testimony, I was like, well, where am I supposed to start? Because God has done just so much in my life, throughout my life, since I was a kid, you know, through my youth. Um, so one thing that was really big in my life that Jesus did, and I decided to tell, was my journey with the Holy Spirit. So when I was younger, I would go to church with my grandma. And um, I spent a lot of time, you know, they were also Pentecostal, so I seen the Holy Spirit move a lot. And I was curious about it, you know, and I would always, you know, if they asked for who wanted to be filled, I would go up, you know, to be filled. And it just, it was kind of a struggle, I guess, because I wasn't getting filled. So um, I started coming to church here a lot when I was in youth. Um, and so I started struggling with it even more because I would see it all around me. I would see people getting filled, and I was like, you know, Jesus... I feel like I'm doing everything right, you know, in my mind, I was trying to, I was trying to make it happen, and so I would, you know, I would say, you know, Lord, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm reading the Bible, you know, I'm doing everything right, I'm getting my act together, I'm trying not to do these things of the world, and so finally, I went and talked to the youth pastor at that time, Josh Reasons, and praise the Lord for him, because <laughs> he probably set me straight when I needed it. Um, he told me, he said, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it's not your way into heaven. It's a gift from God. The Holy Spirit is with you every day. He's the one that guides you and directs you, and he cons you know, gives you concernment about things. And I thought, well, yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> and so at that point I knew, well, I do have the Holy Spirit. I'm just speaking in tongues was what I was looking for. So I continue going, um, seeking the Lord, speaking in tongues. And so as I'm getting older and I meet my husband, Sam, and we talk about it a little bit. And I just, it just started becoming a burden because I was not being filled. And I was just seeking and I was praying and I was starting to become upset because I was like, Lord, you know, this 
is happening all around me. What am I doing wrong? And so um, we, we go through this journey together, and it eventually it becomes a burden to me. It becomes to the point where, you know, if you want to be filled, come up to the altar, and I go, well, I can't. I can't do that. It's, it's just not for me. You know, it's just not for me. And so then come along Josh Reasons again. I don't know if he remembers this. Um, we had a guest speaker, and he was, he called up, you know, if you want to be filled. And I was standing there, and I was just fighting it. I was fighting it, and I was just so burdened with it. And I was like, I really want this, but it's just not happened. And I just, I don't know if it's going to happen, and I just can't, can't keep going up there to feel disappointed in my mind. And so Josh came up, and he was like, you know, what's going on? And I just, all I could say was a lot. I just, I just couldn't get it out. And he said, I knew he was going to say that. And so I had wrote it down. And he said, the Lord wants me to tell you that this was never meant to be a burden for you. That this is a gift. And this is, I mean, it's just pretty much a, a time of testing, I guess, is the best way to say it. I don't know. But um, so I was like, okay, well, I need to just... Stop focusing on speaking in tongues and focus on Jesus. I need to really know Jesus and not this gift that he has for me. So we spend more time in prayer, and um, then Jonathan Ziegler comes along, and he has, it's his first time he came here, and it was after service, after everything, you know, service was done, a lot of people had left, and I just felt compelled. I was like, no, I need to stay. I need, I'm doing this. I'm staying, and I'm praying, and I will stay here till 1 o'clock if I have to, because I've heard Randy West say that he's stayed till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, so I thought, okay, well, I'll do this, and so I'm filled, praise God, I get filled right here, I start dancing in the spirit, I'm speaking in tongues, but I, I want to elaborate, when I spoke in tongues, I never heard myself, everyone else heard me, but I didn't, because I was focused on the Lord. I was dancing with the Lord. I didn't care if I was filled. I wanted to be in the Lord's presence. I wanted to be with him. So I get filled, and instantly the enemy comes and attacks me again. He's like, well, you didn't get filled. What are you talking about? And so I had to talk to Jenny, and I was like, I, I didn't hear it. I don't know. Everyone's saying it. I just I didn't hear it. You know, I had a great time dancing with the Lord, but I just, I just didn't hear it. And she said, you were filled. You have to declare this. You have to say, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I did. And ever since then, it was lifted. And so then I was also struggling with some other stuff during that time. So Jonathan Ziegler, the next night, he takes us back, us and pretty much my Miller family, <laughs> takes us back into the office. And he is talking to me, but I know now it's the Lord that was talking to me. Because the things he was saying and the things we dealt with, he, he, there was no way he could have known. You can't just guess that stuff. Because I had talked to my husband, and Sam was like, y you know, we can pray. I just, I don't know how to help you. Only the Lord did. And he settled it right then and there. And so I guess I tell this story to tell everyone, if you are in a time of being stretched or in a time of, you know, testing, you know, right now with everything going on, Stay strong and focus on Jesus. Don't focus on the thing that is stretching you 
and testing you, but get to know Jesus and really dig deep in, into him and get to know him and his heart because he is so genuine and he just loves us so, so much. He will do anything and everything for us. So during, during this time, if you are being tested, I just, I really encourage you that God's timing is so perfect. I mean, he knows what he's doing. I was doing everything I could in my mind and my flesh to make it happen. And it had to happen with him. So I just want to encourage you that if anything is stretching or testing you right now, just stay focused on Jesus because his timing will come through right when you need it. Wow, I don't know if you feel like I do, but I feel so full and so full of faith in a God that is faithful to us. Do I have an amen out here? Yes, he has been so faithful. I love these testimonies from the healings to being filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that song they sing, um, Oh, What a Savior. Oh, what a Savior we have. And as we are concluding this service tonight, I'd like for you to stand with me. hope everybody's okay. <clears throat> that scared me. I love Sunday evening services. And I love the moment when really everything's been preached and we've had such a glorious message and just the presence of the Lord with us. And then we, uh, the praise and worship team are singing a song. And I am always so drawn back to the altar to just give God that last moment. It's kind of like seeing the sunset, you know, the beautiful sunset, Ramona. She loves sunsets that beautiful sunset and you just want to linger and look at it and you don't want it to really end that's how i feel every sunday evening i just don't want it to end i don't want to leave god's presence i just want to soak it up for one more moment and that's what i'm inviting all of you to do when they lead us in worship one more time i want us to soak up the presence of God. I want us to give him the praise that is worthy of his name, worthy of him from our hearts and from our, our very being. But I've been prompted twice now and I'm not gonna refuse it. But I would ask ja Josh and Hannah to come and I just want them to stand. I want you to stretch your hand out towards them and we're gonna pray over their family in the situation Brother Lane is in. I felt it when I was sitting at my seat and I asked my husband, I said, do you need to go up there with me? Because I figured he would have this. But I want you to lift your hands toward Josh and Hannah and let's pray for Brother Lane right now that God would minister to him. He needs a miracle in that hospital room right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We come to you in faith, believing that you are going to do what no man can do.
that you are going to move upon Brother Lane, Lord. Lord, we ask that you minister to his body. We ask, Lord, that every part of him, Lord, will lay under the word of God. Send the word of healing to his body, Lord. Send the word of healing to him right now, Father. And Lord, let it be received. Let him have healing. I pray in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We know that you are the God that heals. You are our God and Savior. Hallelujah to your name. Praise your holy name, Lord. 